Hello everyone and welcome to Play the Ball podcast. In this podcast, we will be talking about the latest news from the world of football. Transfer news, scouting reports, match predictions, reliving classic matches from the past and what not. My name is Neeraj and I am a Manchester United fan. I am joined by my friend Sai Prasad who is a hardcore gunner and by the way, still not over Arsenal's FA Cup win last week. In this episode, we will be discussing about the players who we feel deserves to be in the best Premier League level of the season. But before we start talking about that, let me ask you, Sai, what do you think about this season? It's been a surreal season. So yeah, obviously the Premier League has been very bizarre, as you said. A lot of ups and downs in the season, but of course, uh, I think you will be feeling bad because your arch rivals Liverpool won the Premier League this time after 30 years, which is. I think it's well deserved. But then the rest of the teams, I don't think they were up to the level. They could catch up to Liverpool at any point. They were just lonely on the top, I can say. But the middle of the pack, it was quite interesting because we had a dramatic last day where we saw some clubs getting relegated and some clubs going into top three and top four. Uh, but to me personally, Arsenal had a very bad season. Uh, we finished eighth. And I think we deserved a better version. But then uh, we started very bad, I guess. And then Mikel Arteta came, steadied the ship a little bit. And yeah, we ended it on a high with an FA Cup. What do you think about the season? How do you think you felt? I definitely agree with you. I mean, it hurts me to say this, but Liverpool actually deserve to win this year. They've been by far the best team in the country. And I, I think it's safe for me to say it's Liverpool is probably one of the best teams in Europe right now. But the rest of the pack were kind of disappointing. But like you said, we had a very thrilling fight for the top four. At the same time, at the other end of the table, we had a thrilling battle for relegation as well. I mean, it's there has been ups and downs this season, obviously with the interruption in between. But then, you know, you had a lot of surprises. Sheffield United playing so well, taking everybody, everybody by surprise. And surprisingly, I think one team that nobody discusses much is about Burnley. Actually, their season has gone under the radar. They've yeah. entered the top again. So that's quite an achievement, actually. Sean Dyche is doing steadying the ship, and they actually have a solid set of players to go. And then, obviously, we have the disappointment about uh, Bournemouth being relegated. I actually really like Eddie Howes, and it's unfortunate, but that's football, I guess. Yes, and the, the, obviously the Bournemouth relegation has been painful to watch because uh, they came from a very, very low league position and their story has been like something really, really sweet. And then they, uh, Eddie have decided to leave Bournemouth, which is again a sad news because there's no better manager to bring them up than Eddie Howe, I guess. Uh, and also, we've seen some resurgence of players this season like Johnny Evans, who has been forgotten for some time, he came back to Leicester and we'll be discussing about it more, I guess. But yeah, it's been overall a very entertaining season, I guess, if not the lockdown period. Uh, I agree, I agree. And I forgot to mention about Leicester as well. I think Brendan Rodgers has done a good job with them. Like, we have, we actually had, a, we have seen a lot of uh, emergence of quite good young players. Obviously, with Leicester, you have So Yunchu, who has been brilliant this entire season. Then you have young players. You have Greenwood from United. You have Saka, Martin away from Arsenal. You have Mason Mount stepping. Everybody. Exactly. 
feel for it, especially after the lockdown uh, ended and Premier League started. Phil Foden has been exceptional. So, uh, you've seen so a lot of players. The topic about discussing the best players this season, I think it's a good segue into our topic for this episode. So, we'll start about, we'll start discussing about the Premier League 11, I guess. Yeah, uh, so let's start with the goalkeeper. Who is your choice? Who would you pick as the best goalkeeper this season? I think this year has been a very good year for goalkeepers because I've seen a lot of teams, goalkeepers really stepping up and saving their teams at certain times. Uh, but I, in my opinion, I think the best keeper this year has been Dean Henderson uh, because as stats say, uh, they, have, they have performed, they have actually overperformed the season and uh, Dean Henderson has been one of the main reasons because according to their XGA, they should have considered around 52 goals this season, but then they considered only 39. Dean Anderson had a remarkable save percentage around 78, I guess, if I'm not wrong. What is, that, what is the save percentage for Dean Anderson? It is 75.2% actually. 75.2%. Yeah, it's, it's, I think it ranks around like in the top five leagues also. He had like a really good goalkeeper. And considering that he, they just entered into the Premier League and then stepping up their performance, I think Dean Anderson should be a choice. What do you think? I, I agree, actually. Uh, I definitely feel Dane Henderson deserves to be the best goalkeeper this season. Yes, he has this odd mistake in him at times, but it, you have to remember he's still young. This is his first full season as a Premier League goalkeeper. And it's not just about his saves or the stats either. He's extremely vocal. He has a very good save percentage, like you said. He has a good distribution as well. So I think he has all the makings for a top-class keeper in the future and it definitely gives... Uh, Solskjaer a very good dilemma about his goalkeeper, especially seeing his number one goalkeeper having an inconsistent form. But so why then, not, Nick? Uh, the obvious uh, question the viewers will ask is that why didn't we go for the uh, clean, like the Premier League Golden Glove winner, Edison? I think he was up there, to be honest. I was considering him at some point of time. But then you need to look at this level of uh, defense City has and the way they play the football because uh, they have possession a lot of times. They rarely lose possession. Then he had very little saves to make than the other compatriots. Well deserved for the clean sheet and well deserved for the golden glove and everything like that. But then in my personal opinion, Dean Anderson slips above him just because of the side he plays and the way he played this season. What do you think of the other I, candidates? I, I, Is there any standout candidates you need to give a shout out to? I, yeah, uh, we almost forgot Nick Pope. I think he he has been brilliant this season. Uh, yeah. I think actually it was, it was quite uh, quite close between Dean Henderson and Nick Pope. But I have generally felt Burnley as a team defended as a whole, and he had a lot of help in his defense as well. I'm not taking anything away from Nick Pope. I think he has been brilliant. But Henderson scores slightly above in terms of his attributes that we look in a modern goalkeeper. Your distribution, your your leadership, your ability to command the back line. It's, I feel Nick Pope is slightly lacking, but he has an excellent save percentage. I think he ranks one of the highest in the total saves as well. And I, I must give a shout out to Burn Leno as well. 
I think yeah, I guess in general we need to give shoutouts to these two injured goalkeepers who had really good seasons whenever they were on pitch. That is, as you said, Bon Leno and also Allison from Liverpool. Uh, they had really good seasons in the shirt, but it's just unfortunate that they got injured at certain points of time. I, I agree. Bon Leno actually, if he had completed the season, he would have been my number one choice because. His season kind of reminded me of De Gea's 2017-18 season where he was literally winning Arsenal points on his own single-handedly. And his stats back him up as well. So, it's unfortunate he, about his injury. Like, though he was injured for a lot of games, he still is in top five saves, I guess. Uh, and as you know, the Arsenal defense was yeah, really, really bad this, this season with a lot of mistakes and errors. Obviously, Bernd Leno has this certain uh, errors which he has in his game. I think it can be coached out. But then he saved us in a lot of games uh, when he was there. So, uh, yeah. So, I think we can fix on Dean Anderson as our goalkeeper, I guess. Slightly coming yeah, up over Anderson and Nick Pope. Yeah, I think, we are, I think we both can agree that Dean Anderson deserves the number one spot. Good. So, okay, what do you think about the left-back? So, let's go to the left-back spot. Uh, I think it's very interesting left-back left because I personally felt Premier League didn't have that many quality left-backs this season as such. I, I mean, obviously, I think you will, I think you will agree with me as well as uh, Andy Robertson is going to be the number one left-back. Yeah, it's just, it's just very clear that Andy Robertson was miles ahead of any left-back in this season. Uh, he starts as well. He has 5.06 passes into the final third. He has he has 9.68 progressive passes. He had he has 1.76 key passes per game. Not only that, he has a couple of goals and 12 assists as well. So he has been really been one of the key members of the title winning Liverpool side. So I think we have no competition there. Uh, I think Robertson comfortably makes it into 11. What do you also, think, Sai? Another key thing which Robertson does is that he presses a lot. He presses really, really a lot. Uh, the way the left flank combines together with Mane and Robertson, they regain position a lot in certain key areas and then he puts in the balls to Mane. He's been an absolutely key player in this league and I don't think anyone can even come close to Andy Robertson this season. Uh, but I think we need to uh, also consider the efforts of Luca Dini and Ben Chilwell as well for their own sides. They have been really good this season, but not up to the level of Robertson. But Robertson is world-class, like he's miles ahead. And I also want to be a little bit biased and give shout-out to Kieran Tierney because he missed a lot of games. I agree, but whenever he was on the pitch, I think he, he is he's going to be right up there with Robertson in certain, some seasons because uh, after coming in, he was solid in the left flank. He really stopped the way teams started attacking our left left flank. Yeah, well, let's hope he gets a full season next uh, next year because I think he has something in him as well. I've seen a couple of his old games at Celtic. I definitely think he's a big deal. Also, we have Ben Chilwell from Leicester. I think he has been absolutely brilliant this season as well. Well, uh, he has his defects or drawbacks let's say as a defender but he's absolutely brilliant going forward I, I, he's a key part of the Leicester team as well 
yeah, yeah, he starts back. He has six goal contributions and he, he, has, he has left around 10 clean sheets out of the seven he has played. He has been injured a while as well towards the end. I think he's he's a good prospect for England as well. There have been talks about him moving to Chelsea. So we'll see what happens with that. So I think we can pretty much agree with Robertson because I don't I don't yep. think, I don't see there any debate over there. So Sai, let's move to the right back position. What do you think? Yeah, and this is another position where there is an nailed on starter which we need to talk about. That is Trent Alexander Arnold. I don't think there was any okay. competition to him. Uh, although there were other options which we will discuss about next. So I'd like to tell some stats, insane stats about Trent Alexander Arnold, which is he has around 0.48 expected goals and assists per game, which is really, really good for a fullback. He has 5.72 passes into the final third, out of which 2.55 were into the penalty box areas. He averages across, approximately across in, into this penalty area. And he has around 13 progressive passes and 1.76 key passes a game. All these are coming from a fullback, which is which is what amused because usually you see this from a creative midfielder or some sorts, but what he can do from a fullback area is really good. Uh, like yeah, we can say that he is more of a midfielder. The role he has in Liverpool is slightly different from a conventional full what you see from a conventional fullback. But then he has around 13 assists and four goals per game. He also scored some free kicks as well. Uh, he stepped up from last year, and I think the sky is the limit for Arnold because he's going to be one of the best fullbacks in the world for the upcoming years. He was the best in this year. I definitely agree. I mean, he's been exceptional this season. I I was always hesitant about Trent because of his defensive liability, but. If you're a fullback and you are producing out, outputs going forward like that, I mean, you don't even really need to look at other aspects right now, especially in a system that suits you well. Um, no, I have a couple. It's of, not like his defensive capabilities are bad because he has around touches and interceptions yeah. per games, which is okay considering the Liverpool midfield has a lot of work and they are they have a lot of position. Uh, so three interceptions per game, three tackles and interceptions per game is actually good. What do you think it about other options? Oh, for other options, I mean, being a Manchester United fan, obviously, I was thrilled when United went for uh, Van de Saka. I mean, sure, his attacking output is quite the weak link. I think he has only four assists this season and most of them have come, and two of them have come after the lockdown uh, ended. But he's, he's outright the best one-on-one -on -one defender in the world right now and I can say without any hesitation he, he he's called spider one Bisaka for a reason I just think he can improve his out attacking output a lot more I think he has a lot more to uh, offer especially seeing that he used to be a winger in his youth academy days but yes he's showing sign of imp signs of improvements and uh, we'll see how it goes but one player I want to one mention more thing here. I need to credit about Aaron Van Bissaka is that uh, I think he's been an exceptional signing for United first place because he's improved the United defense massively and also if you see the resurgence of uh, like Mason Greenwood and how he's come from the academy to being one of the best young players in the league I think you need to give credit to Aaron Van Bissaka for that because uh, you see Mason Greenwood almost playing as a striker, like close to the box and everything. 
and Van Biscas left open in that flank, and he still covered for Greenwood's defensive weaklings. And then I think he has an exceptional tackles and interception rate, which is around uh, six tackles and interceptions per game. And uh, uh, he's dri- dribble pass very less than one dribble pass per game, which is really really good for a fullback, uh, considering the wingers he's come across in this league. I agree, and with uh, it's only going. He's only going to improve from now. He's still very young, and with the reported Sa- Sancho coming into United, I think Van Bissaka has a lot more to offer going forward. Uh, we have to moving on to the next option. We have to mention Ricardo Pereira here. I mean, I think he's been exceptional this season, and yeah, in my opinion, he's going to be the next big fullback in the league because he definitely deserves to be in a top six side, and his numbers are just insane from his listed. I agree. If you actually notice, Le- Leicester's results started dropping off after he's got his injury. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, uh, he, he's actually, he and Madison together are really important players in the Leicester side. And Leicester's poor form coincided with Pereira getting injured as well. But if you go through his stats, he, ha- he has tackles per game that's more than Bisaka's. He has uh, fouls per game. He concedes only 1.6. Clearances, it's around 2.6 per game. He starts backing up as well. And unlike Trent, who is so good going forward, or Bisaka, who is so good staying back, defending, Pereira finds that balance. He, he attacks equally well as he defends. I find that very impressive because you don't find a lot of fullbacks. He has a very good that balance, balance of a modern day fullback, like even going forward exactly. and coming back and defending. I think he's, he's so close to a big six move. Let's see where it goes. So, but I think we can yeah. pretty much agree upon Alexander Arnold so because he's just yeah, outright the best. We left, yeah. I think we are left in no doubt there. So, I guess the next position we are moving on to is the centre backs. So, I think if yeah. we're talking about centre backs, I think the only one name pops up who is outright the best centre back in the league, which is obviously Virgil Van Dyke. Virgil van Dijk has been really important to this Liverpool side because, I, as you can see, like, he changed the way Liverpool defended and he's been one of the pivotal signings of this decade, I guess. What do you think? Oh, yeah, I agree. I mean, you can see from the impact itself uh, how, much, uh, how much of a big impact he has made to this Liverpool side. I mean, you can just, you don't even have, need stats to back him up. You can just watch a Liverpool game and see how important he is. The fact that he's there and with Henderson and Fabinho to cover up, allowing Robertson and Trent to move, push forward, it's so critical to Liverpool's system right now. And I mean, Van Dijk is definitely one of the top three centre-backs in the Europe right now. Also, the one big thing which I found interesting is that he sprays in a lot of long balls to the wingers from the centre. Per 90, he averages around six balls into the final third, which is impressive from a centre-back. He has a really good pass accuracy, uh, around 90% pass accuracy, which is insane. Uh, and he's very calm and composed. And although, like, if you generally see his tackles and interceptions numbers, it's not up there with the centre backs you want. But then you expect it from Liverpool side because they almost regain ball from the midfield. And then, even if it comes to uh, the defenders, he still does the job. He still does the last pitch tackles. He had an insane tackle percentage last year. Obviously, it reduced this year, but then it's still 
up there with the best center backs in the league, I guess. No, I definitely agree. I think we, we are left in no doubt about who will cover one position of the center back pairing. What, what do you think should pair him up? Um, I want to be biased here, but I'm going to go for Harry Maguire. And I would, uh, I mean, United, United conceded around 50 plus goals last season, and him along with Van Bissaka, who came in this summer, last summer, I mean, yeah. Now this season, United has conceded only 36 goals. He has made such an impact, and it's not just about the goals either. He has shown that he's a willing leader. He shows composure in the box. He is a great physical presence that United has been craving for years now. I think he and United are a perfect match for each other. Now his price tag has brought in a lot of criticism. 85 million is no joke for a defender, as you, you all know. So he has been scrutinized for every mistake he has made. Yes, he has had a couple of mistakes, but I think he has completely changed United's backline. So and the stats back him up as well. And like Van Dijk, he's a ball playing centre back as well. He has kept 13 clean sheets out of 38 matches he has played. He has around 1.9 interceptions per game, and he should he can do a bit more in going forward. I mean, for Leicester, he has scored quite a bit of goals from set pieces. This season, obviously, not enough with United, but I think that part he can improve. But I think Harry Maguire makes into my team of the season as a second, second centre back. What do you think, Sai? I I definitely want to argue on that, but I think it's fair that we go with Harry Maguire because we all know how terrible United defence was last year, and some two yep. they brought in two signings, high-profile signings, which completely changed the way United defended. Uh, it just I don't. I, it's it's really fair to go with Ari Maguire because I think he's been the he's been one of the best centre backs and he'll complement very well with Van Dijk. Uh, he's he has a very good aerial presence. He stops almost all the uh, target man. So so that like previously United used to concede against uh, poor teams like the bottom teams and all, which uh, go with target man and then dominate your centre backs. But now I guess he's been the dominant force for you and he's stepping up in some games. As you said, I think he still needs to improve with his uh, passing abilities and his long balls and all that. But uh, as overall, as a defender, he, he does the job for you. And we, we should go with that. Yeah, definitely. Okay. What about the other option side? Who else, do you make, who else did it make the cut? Uh, so, like if you, you need to obviously look into the Leicester's defense, uh, I see Johnny Evans and Kagler Soinchu as a very good centre-back partners. Uh, I think one of the top three centre-backs partners in this league. Obviously, Leicester's performance dropped after some time. But then Soinchu and Evans were a really good pair because uh, Johnny Evans was the leader in this defense. He's, he was the one who stayed back and allowed Soinchu to go forward and pass the balls and everything like that. Together, they worked really good. Is there, are there any other players you need to give shout out to? Um, I can think of two. Um, we have Tarkovsky from Burnley. I mean, like I said before, I feel like Burnley defended well as a team, but statistically, you can't argue about why Tarkovsky cannot make this cut. He has been really good this season. I think he has a, he starts backing up as well. He has one of the highest. A rated centre backs in the Premier League. Actually, yeah, I think he's a second behind Van Dyke as well. Yes, I guess he was. I guess. I think so too. Yeah, 
I think we should also mention Joe Gomez here again. Like Leno, he has been unlucky with injuries as well. But I was very impressed with how Gomez started off the season. I remember him making his debut as a right back against United, coincidentally with Martial's debut. And I didn't really think much of him at that time, but he has massively improved. And he and Van Dijk are forming a really good understanding between each other. Yeah, we are. Just, I think we are fixing with Van Dijk and Harry Maguire for now. So the next position we are moving on to is the defensive midfielder. Who do you think should be there? Uh, this is kind of a hard pick because actually Premier League this season saw quite a number of quality performances from the defensive midfielders. But seeing how the season has gone, I think there's no way I can leave Jordan Henderson out. I I am not ashamed to admit it. I do not I do not like Jordan Henderson. Until last season, I, last season I saw him improving a bit, and this season he has been exceptional. He does the dirty work. You see Arnold pushing forward, Robertson pushing forward. You see, it's all only because Henderson is holding that area under control. He is moving to that fullback position to cover for them. He is doing that things that we usually don't see in the, in in our naked eye. And as a leader, as a leader, he has been exceptional this season. He has led from the front. He overall he has completely changed my mind about him. I think he deserves to be in the eleven. And we should also mention his off the field work this season as well. It's, he's been inspirational this season, and he completely deserves to be a part of this uh, starting eleven. What do you think, Sai? Yeah, like I agree with what you said because I think in Liverpool's system of play, the midfielders are, uh, don't get the credits they needed because they don't bring in the numbers like the fullbacks and their forwards do. But I think they are the engine for the Liverpool side to work. And obviously, Henderson has been the captain of it. He has been the driving force to the success the Liverpool had. Uh, I don't think we can leave Henderson out of this Premier League eleven as well because as, obviously he's the captain of the Premier League winning side. But uh, it's been really difficult for me to leave out Wilfred Ndidi because for the past two three seasons he's been. One of the best DMs. Uh, Leicester is known for producing best DMs because N'Golo Kante came from there, and he has just replaced N'Golo Kante right in the Leicester's uh, DM portion. He has around seven tackles and interceptions per game, which is insane. He is right up there with Aaron Van Bissaka in terms of tackling, and uh, he's stopping the tackles and interception charts. He's been key player for the uh, Leicester. Uh, midfield, it's it's just he he he's also one of the players who deserves to be in a top top side in Europe. I think he can do a job anywhere in any top sides in Europe. I definitely agree that NDD should get a shout out here. I I like to also bring up Declan Rice here. I think being yeah to be a 19 year old and stepping up in the Premier League and being one of the pivotal players for West Ham. Yeah, he was really good. We don't, we don't know whether he'll remain in West Ham or not, but he has been really good this season. He's playing the perfect role of a modern T-playing playmaker role. I think he has a bright future, Declan Rice. Sure, totally agree. So next, I think, on, yeah, we'll fix on Jordan Anderson now. I think next we'll move on yeah. to the midfielder positions, two midfielders. And uh, I guess we can pretty much agree upon one position. The player who has been the best in this 
season, which is Kevin De Bruyne. Uh, he oh, obviously broke, broke the assist, I mean, he leveled the Thierry Henry's assist record for, uh, and he's been one of the pivotal players for City. What do you think? Oh, definitely. I think there's no way we can dispute that. I mean, honestly, Kevin De Bruyne is one of the best midfield, if not the best midfielder in Europe right now. I mean, you, you check this cra- crazy stat right here. He has created 136 chances in the Premier League this season. That's more than 40 chances created by the next best player, who's Grealish in 91. That is in, that is an insane stat. And like you said, he has scored 13 goals. When tw- he obviously equal Andre's record of 20 assists. But you have to look closely at other stats as well. He passes per game. He around 3.9. He provides around 3.9 key passes per game. And long balls 3.5. That's way ahead than most people. And he attempts a shot. And it's not just his passing ability either. We all know about his shooting ability as well. He has insane stats to back it up. I think I think both of us can agree that there's no way we can leave De Bruyne out of this. Yeah, uh, yeah. The one aspect which many people forget is his shooting ability. He takes around 2.8 shots per game, and he has 13 goals from midfield position. He's he's been, in my opinion, he's been the best midfielder this, this season in Europe. There's no second way about it. So uh, uh, I, next, I think the next person will bring out some controversy in this podcast. Yeah, we think should pair pair him up. Okay, honestly, I feel Jack Grealish deserves to be there. He, I think he has definitely played enough. And at times, he has carried Villa on his own, on his back. He has shouldered up respons- responsibility. And over the years, he had a rep- reputation of being immature. And obviously, that incident in the lockdown did not help. But I feel he led Villa from the front. He has been instrumental in them staying up. And... He ranks only second behind De Bruyne in the number of chances created. However, I have to go go for Bruno here. This is I would have said Bruno even if I was not a United fan. United, Manchester United feel that Bruno Fernandes is the best signing, in, best and most influential signing they've had since Eric Cantona. That was 25, 28 years ago, I believe. That's the insane amount of impact he has had. He has 15 goal contributions in 14 games. And every other stance is right up there with De Bruyne, actually. And in the games he has played, uh, he has he's a re- average rating of 7.73. But leave the stats. He took a United team that was struggling to enter Europa positions to the third place, right? Without even, you know, having to play qualifications or worrying about City's ban, nothing. He just directly took them up. And that influence alone is making me slightly biased towards Bruno. What do you think, Sai? I'm sure you're going to disagree with me on that. Yeah, like, of course, I'm going to disagree with you. Uh, like, I agree, Bruno Fernandes has been one of the, like, if not the best player since the since he signed for United. He's been right up there with all these uh, top, top central midfielders around the world, I guess. But it's it's really, really unfair to leave, or leave Jack Grealish because... If you take Bruno Fernandes out of this United side, obviously you're going to miss a lot of goal contributions from him. But you still get a lot of goal contributions from Martial, Rashford, Pogba and Mason Greenwood. Who you, can, you can argue that you had a bad midfield back then before Bruno signed. 
but then pogba coming into the side is massively improved so i guess even without bruno you would have you you might not have created as much as chances and as much as goals but then still you would have finished in the top 4 i guess but i am going to have to give it to jagrish because he's been the engine of aston villa without jagrish they are not going to be staying up he he has eight goals and six assists from an aston villa side which didn't score much and uh, the way he progresses the ball from the midfield to the attack he has around uh, 79 passes into penalty area he has 5.12 shot creating actions he is the engine he creates them he scores them and i think jagril you just can't leave jagril he's been linked to high profile moves to certain clubs like arsenal and united which is uh, completely justified because he's been pivotal to one side to keep them up so i definitely agree sir to argue against these points i it's the same i don't feel really should be left out either so uh, it's, it's really we... really hard for me to leave bruno fernandes out because he's been though he has been just there in the league for half the season he's done pretty much what other central midfielders were trying to do but then it's if you look at as an as an influencer player had on a side i don't think anyone had influence on one side than jack relish on aston villa i guess fair um, enough i think we'll fix on anderson kevin de bruyne and jack relish and hardly sure. on bruno fernandes do you think any other players is a shout out for this midfield this year i think there have been very promising performances from central midfield this year uh i think kovacic from chelsea has improved massively i think he has been a great influence in the heart of lampard's midfield i think say, I, i'm actually very impressed with john fleck from sheffield he has his stats sure which does not really back up to the influence i think i have seen while i have seen him play i think he's an excellent midfielder and though he kind of you know came down a bit towards the end i still feel he, he needs a shout out and again i'm going to bring out my united influence here i'm going to bring out fred here i think he has massively improved even beyond my wildest imagination i think it has been quite unfair that he has been left out in the last few games uh but i i actually went and checked his stats and i was actually surprised that his stats are better than i actually think it thought it was so i think fred is also shout out as well anybody for you sai uh like we we left out um i think jack greelish sorry uh, james madison madison has been yes you obviously see how lester perform without madison because they miss him a lot he brings in a lot of creative output from the uh, lester midfield and also david david silva in his last uh season has brought in a lot of really good performances it's it's been a good season to send him off uh hope that he gets a trophy to and it as well also we need to give shout out to mason mount because coming from derby into the premier league and stepping up into the premier league level he's been one of the best players for chelsea and one of the best young talents in the league so yeah i agree i mean it it's going to be premier league is going to miss david silva aren't we Yeah, he's been a brilliant. He's been a le- absolute legend of the game. Yeah. So we'll move on to the next position, which is right winger. So 
let's just say a winger like generally winger who do you think was the best winger this year i mean i don't i don't know i can't think of any football fan who would leave out sadio mane here i think he's with exceptional player this season so key for that liverpool front three i mean obviously you have your feminino who does your linking between the midfield and the your goal scoring wingers and you have salah who has in spite of not matching up to his exceptional first season he still produces really good numbers but i think sane has been exceptional he has been unselfish he has created a lot of chances his counter attacking threat his pace he has one of the best shot conversion rates in the premier league 25% i think sadio mane outright has to occupy that right flank what do you think yeah like people can argue that salah has a better number salah has more assist and everything like that but if you if you kind of see the premier league salah kind of faded off after a certain part of time sadio mane has although he has less numbers than salah he's been instrumental to the attack i think he's been uh one of their top 3 best players i guess so it's is just really unfair to leave um, uh, mohammed salah out but i think sadio mane deserves to be the winger there so if we yeah, move I... on to the other wing who do you think should be there other wing oh man uh, although i see him as a striker obviously he prefers coming coming into towards the goal from the left i think obameyang has to occupy that left flank I see no other option occupying there. I can't even begin to imagine where Arsenal would have been without Aubameyang. Yeah, and with the number of chances, you're absolutely spot on the, because uh, yeah. he's he's been the goal threat for Arsenal. Uh, if you see, he's he has around 22 goals, and Arsenal as a whole scored 56 goals. So you can see the impact he has on Arsenal. as in he has is he fought till the last day with vardy uh, for the golden boot i think he would have won if he played in a better functioning side he like you can see he's playing out of his position he was not a striker he was not a left winger when he came to arsenal but he seems to adapt to this new position the manager is giving him trusting him to play in the position and he's proving it week in and week out uh, and also outside of the premier league if you see the performance against sides like man city and chelsea on the fa cup it's uh, difficult to argue not to put abameyang on that side in my opinion he's been the best striker since he came into the league obviously sergio aguero is there but i think i guess abameyang is up there with sergio aguero i i have to agree especially seeing that aguero plays for a well functioning side like city and abameyang has to create his own chances at times So I definitely agree. Aubameyang is right up there with one of the best forwards in the league. So I think that's left wing covered as well. So now we have to move on to the striker. And I don't know if we can leave out the Golden Boot winner yet, right? Yeah, I mean Jamie Vardy. What can you say about Jamie Vardy? He 33 years old and he's just beaten one of the best strikers in Europe to win the Golden Boot from a team for a team like Leicester. I mean. That's pretty impressive, seeing that he's 33 years old. Yeah, like his numbers are insane. Like he has 23 goals and five assists, and his shot conversion rate is insane, around 30% shot conversion rate. Uh, he's he's been their best attacking threat, and uh, nobody expected Jamie Vardy to be the Golden Boot winner this year. Uh, if you ask anyone, they would have predicted Sergio Aguero, Mo Salah, or Aubameyang. 
but he stepped up this year and he massively improved and he's still putting in the numbers at 33 which is insane man yeah i agree i mean his story it's, it's is in itself a big inspiration for any footballer out there and to win the golden boot at the age of 33 it's quite impressive so so i think we we can fix the front three of sadio mane abameyang and wardy let's just yeah. let's just go to some people you think deserve to be in the team uh from forwards point of view i think uh, danny ings obviously the resurrection of danny ings he has yeah, he has works that's an insane story about danny ings he nobody expected yeah. him to score as much as this year then he came like he contributed among 50% of southampton goals southampton on a whole scored 51 goals and he has contributed to i guess 24 Which is, which is insane. He has twenty-two goals. He's been pivotal for the attack. He has twenty-two goals and two assists. Yeah, there's quite a story for Danny Ings. So I think you can expect an England call-up for him then. Yeah, uh, that's that's going too far. But yeah, he he's, he was in exceptional this season. Obviously, Raheem What's Sterling. The, yeah, you have Raheem, Raheem Sterling, Sterling stepped up this year. He has twenty goal involvements. If I'm not wrong, this has been the highest from him in a career for a single season. Yeah, it is in terms of goals. Yeah, is the first it, time he's touching. And then uh, we had to give shout out to Raul Jimenez. Him and Traore were like insane at certain oh, point of time. Combine combination is deadly. Yes, Raul Jimenez has 17 goals and six assists from a wolf side. and priore has been one of the best dribblers in this league he creates a lot of chances he puts in a lot of crosses into the box and the link up which they both have is insane anyone else i agree that the link up is actually one of the best in the league if i'm not wrong i actually want to give give a shout out to rashford and marcel as well our own united combo i have actually having followed united matches throughout the season the difference when marcel doesn't play and marcel when marcel does play is insane he has actually improved so much actually i think he is one of the contenders for player of the season for united united he has missed out a few games because of injuries and that's quite unfortunate but i see a very different marcel now especially towards the end this hard work he is willingness to press these are some qualities i've never seen from marcel before and his rates like he has an average rating of 7.3 as well and that's i mean that's pretty good improvement if you ask me and as for rashford i mean in a very underperforming underwhelming united side he used to carry the team on his own when martial was injured and paul pogba was injured if he played well and he scored united got a result otherwise united were dropping points unnecessarily out of nowhere it was quite unfortunate with his injury with his back injury but silver lining in the lock because of the lockdown is that he was able to make comeback and post lockdown rashford is a completely different player as well he has tried to become a more all round play making sort of forward so i'm quite looking forward to those two combining in the future as well yeah it's 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 really fair because after the lockdown the front three of rashford marshall and greenwood have been insane uh, they have a lot of goal contributions among themselves and 
Rashford, Martial, they all seem to link up very well with, among each other. The all five people are playing with. And yeah, it's hard to shout out them also. So that yeah, so concludes I think... our Premier League 11. Let's just run it off once more. So yeah, I think that concludes our Premier League 11. Let me just go through it once again right from the beginning. So in goal, we have Dean Henderson. I think both of us agreed on that. And we have back four of Andy Robertson, Harry Maguire, Virgil van Dijk, and Trent Alexander-Arnold. We have a three-man midfield of Henderson, Kevin De Bruyne, and Jack Grealish. And completing the team is a front three of Jamie Wadi, Aubameyang, and Sadio Mane in a 4-3-3 formation. So, Sai, who do you think should manage this exceptionally talented side? So, the first name that pops onto my head is Chris Wilder. Coming from the sorry, championship side and bringing them into a Premier League and surviving in the Premier League itself is a big task. And he managed to compete with the big boys. He took a lot of points from the big sides. He competed till the very last moment. And it's just unfortunate that they couldn't make it to the Euro. They've, but from coming coming from championship and finishing ninth in the Premier League is an impressive, impressive feat. So I guess I have to go with Chef uh, Chris Wilder. Although I feel really, really uh, bad for missing out Klopp to manage the side because Klopp has been exceptional. What do you think? I have to agree. Even my first instinct was to go for Klopp as well. But I do not want to take any credit from Klopp. But the other teams have kind of underperformed with City, United, Chelsea, Leicester, Arsenal, Tottenham losing and dropping unnecessary points elsewhere. That only helped Liverpool just build up on the momentum. Klopp has been exceptional, but I have to agree with you. Chris Wilder has done an exceptional job. It's not just the fact that he's brought a Sheffield United squad into the Premier League. And it's not just the fact that he has survived. He has managed to stay in the top 10. In fact, he, like you said, he has been competing with the big boys for a long time. And he has been playing an excellent brand of football. He has brought unity into the team. They, the players play with no fear in them. They're allowed to express themselves. So I really find it hard not to pick Chris Wilder there. Yeah, like if you see com- the, the teams coming, promoting from the championship, coming into the Premier League, uh, they tend to play the similar style of football from the championship. Some teams play with a lot of position in the championship and they try to do it in the Premier League and they fail massively because they really can't compete with the Premier League sides in terms of position. They are not going to have a position here. But Chris yeah, exactly. has managed to adapt the tactics to the league and the players he has. And he, he built a good side which competed with them. I'm just going to... Like we need to focus on like how they're gonna do the next season because I think that's that'll be one interesting thing to see if they are still up to the level. I hope they stay in the league because they're a really good side. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think they're a really good side. And they have actually potential to keep maintaining this momentum as well if they have the right signings as well. So, so all credit goes to Chris Wilder and he will be the manager of our Premier League eleven. So guys, that's it. We have come to an end to this episode where Sai and I sat down and discussed on our best Premier League level. Of course, there are a few players that we have missed out on who definitely deserved a shout out. 
If you feel we have left out any player who deserve to be in the mix, or if you have opinions and feedbacks on the 11 we have selected, let us know in our social media handle. Follow us on your favorite podcasting channels. We will be coming back with more interesting content. And don't forget, like and share our social media pages. And we'll see you soon.